Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. So obviously you hear a very different sing song today. We have a, a special guest, Michael Gruss. My husband's on today. Whoa. Um, so the two of us are doing a little Gruss takeover. And then next week you're not going to hear from me because Catherine has a special little episode planned. But we miss her. We love her. We wish she was here. Um, but we kind of left it all up to you guys to ask us some juicy questions. Um, how are you feeling? You nervous? You excited to be on the pod? What are I'm, your thoughts? I'm ready. I'm nervous. You know, I, I brought a white claw for the conversation here, yeah. even though you're my wife and I shouldn't be nervous, mm-hmm. but you know, I was ready for, ready for anything that comes through the questionnaire. Well, I, um, so thank you guys to whoever answered. I appreciate it. I'm also laughing because you guys had a lot of questions about, our sex life and um things of that nature which is so funny but um we're we're gonna hit them all because they're all really good questions and i don't really have anything to hide um i was giggling earlier this week because michael was like what if our priest listens to it and i was like well it's not much that we haven't told him so we're gonna be hitting i'm ready for it what do we got well before we get into the questions, I think we should give the listeners a little background about us. Um, so Michael and I have been together since 2018. Do you want to do you want to tell them how we met? Oh, <laughs> all right. Here we go. So our friend had invited Naomi over to her house or to his house for a Steelers and Patriots game. Mm-hmm. And the reason that I know the details of this is because it's very clear in my head. So I was at the house the mansion and we were sitting there watching the game doing what guys do yada 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 yeah what sitting do you guys there do? i don't know we were talking football <laughs> drinking beers yeah and okay. he invited you over and you walk through the door and you got these like gray sweatpants on your what i know now is your house slippers yeah um but now at this point, you've ru- you've ruined your house slippers because you wore them outside. Mm-hmm. So you walk in the door, you're hanging out, and you're watching the Patriots-Steelers game. And you're saying, hey, you know, my mom's a big Patriots fan, so I'm a Patriots fan. <laughs> Boo Steelers. And I was like, man, this no, girl sucks. I never said that. I literally said I root for the Patriots. And I didn't say my mom. I said that's where I learned English. That's where I was first introduced. Anyways, right. We continue. remember it differently. So... We're at the house. The game ends. Steelers probably lost. And you're like, hey, I want to go home. I got to study for my test. And I was like, loser. But you needed a ride home. So I was like, hey, I'll drive you because I thought you were cute. Yeah. And at this point, you're like, I don't know who this guy is. But he has now just volunteered to drive me home, which is completely out of his way. I didn't know that. I didn't know where you lived. Well, it was completely out of my way. Yeah, whatever. I could have either drove 20 seconds up Main Street in Latrobe mm-hmm. or whatever that road was that we lived on. Or I could have drove all the way out the St. Vincent, dropped you off, and then came back to my house. So I chose the latter. I was like, hey, I'll, I'll drive her home. And she's like, I don't want to do that. So she get in my car. And at this time, I'm driving a Ford Fusion. Yeah. So we drive back to... St. Vincent, you lived in Jerry. Yep. And for anyone that knows St. Vincent, Jerry has a hill right in the front. <laughs> Naomi is famous for her big ass turtle backpack okay, that you she guys, used to wear. 
I didn't like to walk back and forth in my dorm. So I had a bigger backpack that fit everything. And I would just hang out. Yeah, but you brought everything. And I'm the complete opposite. I was the person that brought one notebook to every class. Barely took it out. Yeah, that's why you were never prepared. Uh, it's true. <laughs> so we get to Jerry and she opens her car door. She looks over at me and she says, can you push me? I can't get out. Because she's now put her backpack on her back. I had books in my hand. Books in her bag, books in her mug. hand, coffee mug, the whole nine. She looks at me and she says, can you push me out? And in my head, I said, yep, okay. I'm going to marry you. <laughs> but to preface, your seats were reclined like the whole way back. Yeah, because Tito <laughs> sat in them. That's exactly why. Whatever. But, but anyways, that's how we met, guys. That is how we met. And then you went to Mexico and decided. I'd Snapchat you. I'd Snapchat chat you. Yeah. Instead of texting. Well, that was for a reason because the text message plan that I had was trash. So I had to get on the Wi-Fi <laughs> at our house in Mexico to message you on Snapchat. Oh and then I God. asked you out on there. Yeah, he did. So he went to Mexico for like three weeks uh, over Christmas break. And I, well, I got your your messages before, like your snap before you left because it was right before Christmas break. And I met you at Falbo's, no? Or no, I went to Falbo's and you were getting ready to go to the airport. And I remember being drunk and I was like, I think you're cute. <laughs> and then I thought that's, that was going to be the end of it. But then... You chatted with me every day in Mexico, even though I thought you were kind of boring. And <laughs> I'm still boring. You are. Um, but now I, I understand your communication. You were using hard periods and full sentences like an adult. And I was like, wow, this guy's just mad at me. <laughs> so I use periods because the way that I type is I end the sentence and then I double space. Mm -hmm. And then it automatically populates the period. But apparently that's mad speak in text well it was just very serious anyway so we went on a date when you got back from mexico and it was fun and then we just kept dating had a blast and that was our that was what your senior year of college and my junior year correct which was funny because the kids i used to tutor on the football team would always be like don't date a senior they're just trying to lock it down now now look at me married wifed up not listening to your advice or their advice but yeah we've had a good run so um, we dated for a little over five years before getting engaged, which is long ass time. <laughs> well, well, well. <laughs> but we had uh we we had a lot of um. We talked about the engagement on the last podcast. We talked about the engagement and our wedding and everything like that. But um. Now we're getting the beginning and end of it. Yeah, but I mean. Within our relationship, we've done long distance three times. Trash. So <laughs> the first time was the first summer that we were together. I took an internship in Houston, Texas, and I was there for like pretty much the entirety of the summer. So I left the day after Michael's graduation party and drove down there with my college roomie. Um, and that was our first taste. We should have known that that was like a precursor to the rest of our relationship for a while. Um, I came back for school and Michael did his master's. So then we were back to being like really close that whole year. Then you moved back to Pittsburgh and I 
decided to do my master's so we did long distance there which was like only an hour but still pain it was like different <laughs> levels of distance right the the first one was pittsburgh to texas mm-hmm. the second one was cranberry to latrobe which was like the most manageable and by the way those fridays you know i'd get off of work come to sharky's happy hour and everyone was there that was perfect yeah that was the perfect hey you know we don't live in the same place but we make it work and then you moved to canada yeah not by was, choice which was a little bit further yeah. but also a blast I honestly should talk about my visa situation in an episode one time because that's a whole different story itself. But I moved to Canada for work for about a year and not like to Toronto, which is like right above us. I moved to Calgary, which is on the West Coast, for those of you who don't know. So I don't know. It's way out there. Yeah, it's it's it was what like eight hours worth of traveling, which is pretty far. That's like how long it usually takes to get to Europe from here. I think to put it in perspective, it's above it's left of the dakotas yeah for so i drove it home with sarah kim when i moved back from canada um because of my dog i didn't want to put her underneath the plane i was too afraid so i drove and it took us four days with us driving like 16 to 20 hours every single day so it was a hike it's like side note to this you should tell the story later on today of how you ruined the surprise that you were coming home. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess we can get into it because we're talking about long distance anyways. But um, I had found out that I was coming home. And I'd, I don't even think I told you I was coming home. I think I just told you that all my paperwork was approved. Did I tell no, you that? you didn't tell me your paperwork was approved. You said you were going on a trip to a national park out west. Like, west, wester. Oh, yeah. I said I was going to Jasper with Sarah Kim. We were going to do a, like, mountain getaway. But I had found out all my paperwork was approved. At this point, my stuff was approved. It came in. um, And my idea was that I was going to surprise Michael by coming home. So we're on, like, day three of four and a half days of traveling. And... My friend Sarah had just said, like, the funniest joke when we got to Wisconsin about cheese. And I'm on FaceTime with Michael being like, yeah. And when we got to Wisconsin, Michael said this joke. Or Sarah Kim said this joke. And you didn't even catch it that I said Wisconsin. Well, the whole time you were stringing me along. You were like, oh, we're going to this place. It's so beautiful. And you were – meanwhile, I didn't understand – the pictures that you were sending me were from Google. You were literally looking they up like... They were not like, from Google. They were from other people who had been to the park we were at. So I did a better job than just going to Google. So okay. you just gave me credit. So you catfished me. Yeah. But you, we were on the phone. You FaceTimed me. We were talking about yada, yada, yada. And you said, oh, you know, Sarah Kim said this joke. But at this point, I was just like, oh, okay. And... You had this weird moment where you put me on mute, which you never do. Yeah. And you put me on mute. You look at Sarah Kim. You said, I see you whispering to her. This is weird. Then you come off of mute and you're like, oh, check my location. (laughs) Okay. I'm pretty sure I know where you're at. Well, I had it turned off like the whole time up until that point. See, but like I never checked yeah it. I you're was not just, a you're not a find my friend stalker like i, I was am. like oh she's going to this place with sarah kim she'll be all right 
The only thing that did piss me off and made me a little bit suspicious is I am addicted to seeing our dog. Yeah. She could be laying completely lifeless <laughs> on the ground with all four of her paws out, doing absolutely nothing different than she did yesterday or the day before or, or the three years that we've had her. Yeah. But I will still need to see her. And I showed you her, just not in the angles yeah. that you wanted. But so, because my car was packed, what did you want me to do? So I was like, hey, I love you. Love Sarah Kim. Show me our dog. <laughs> She's like, I can't. My cord is too short. And I was like, unplug <laughs> it. Unplug your phone. I want to see our dog. So I know I can't. My phone's going to die. So that was the only thing that threw me off. But until you told me no, because specifically you made me take a video because it was judge michael's grandfather's birthday you wanted me to take a video to be like happy birthday with kai and it was the most difficult thing to do it in the car because i had like her crate all of my luggage all the stuff i buy in my calgary apartment that i was taking home and that's when you got really upset because you were like can you take a better video please and i was like no, that's literally the best I can do. I don't remember do. that. Yeah. I remember I, I, I asked you to do that, but I don't remember the video. I don't know if it was for his birthday or if it was, it was like a, feel, a feel better thing, but I just remember being like, oh, come on, Michael, literally any other day. And then I took, I was a little bit manipulative and I was like, I've literally been driving. Like, can you just be patient? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I'm sorry. So Sarah Kim said a joke about Wisconsin and cheese feet. Yeah. And then you kind of reiterated it to me. And yeah. you were like, oh, check my location. And it still didn't hit me. I was like, what are you doing in, I was in Michigan. Michigan? Yeah. What are you doing in Michigan? <laughs> this is the opposite way of where you're supposed to be going. Yeah, you were like, oh, are you going to a park out there? I was like, are you fucking kidding me, Michael? <laughs> still didn't hit me. And then she's kind of like giving me the face. Eh? And then I put two and two together and she was coming home yeah because i had been gone for like a little bit over a year so it was like a year and two months of us doing long distance which sucked but um actually a lot of people asked us for advice for long distance so i think we'll leave some of our tips in Uh, that area here we go let's get into the questions okay start with the uh the long distance one um all right we can do that so someone just said how in all capitals (laughs) Another person said, how did you do it? And then this is actually an interesting question because we had a we had a very interesting dynamic. How did you keep that sexy spark alive is what they asked us. So I would say from the how perspective, mm-hmm. just the, the over like overall, how do we do it? We did have practice doing Texas and then are like our and so drive but i think the biggest thing that we did that meant the most to like grounding us in the long distance was every night we would facetime yeah it, di- it didn't matter what we were doing like i i remember times we were at mario's in south side i call you just shit face yeah. and be like hey <laughs> i love you I go, I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, it was a non-negotiable. We always made time for that. Even uh, I think what was hard too for us is there was a two-hour time difference. So I was two hours behind you. And you were like in the middle of your evening while I was going to bed. Yeah, I was like just finishing work and you were like, okay, I'm going to bed now. So that, that was – I feel like that was really hard in the beginning was adjusting to the different times. 
um obviously just like being away from each other but what was really hard for me is you guys I'm not a big texter and that definitely forced me to text because you know we had to check in and do things um it's like not easy I'm not gonna pretend like it was an easy time for us by any any of the three circumstances it wasn't an easy thing but like we chose to do it I think the other thing too I've heard multiple people or just people's perspective on long distance is like batching information or constant information so I think we were more of the constant information so texting back and forth Oh, you think? I feel like we texted, but it was, like, about stupid stuff. But at night, we always had, like, the big things we did at the end of like our day. Like, the batch to, at the end. Yeah, to chat. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. It, it, it's really important, though, I think, for long distance and whoever has to go through it, like, props to you. Mm-hmm. The, the most important thing is that, like, the person that you're in the relationship with is always the thing that you start and end the day with. So, yeah, at that point, um, I was having early mornings, so I would get up at five and at your point it was three. Yeah. I would always t- shoot your text. Hey, I'm up. I'm doing X, Y, Z. Uh, just want to let you know, like, this is where I'm at. So that was kind of the start and end to the days. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the most important thing for what I was doing in terms of, you know, keeping you in the loop for the day. Yeah, I think that too. I also think we had people around us who like supported the idea of a long distance relationship, especially when like I was in Calgary and you were in Pittsburgh. Like a lot of our, it's not like our friends were like, you guys should just break up. It was always like, when is Michael visiting next? How are you handling this? Or when is Naomi coming into town next? When are we going to see her? Not like, oh, come on, like, Naomi will never know, or Michael will never know kind of situation. So I think that was it. Um, As for how we kept that sexy spark alive, this is actually a funny question. Um, (laughs) I don't even know how to answer this, to be honest, because I don't think we were, like, fully, it's not like we were, like, fully having phone sex or by any means. I think what how we kind of kept it alive was the small things like I love seeing like what you would wear Mm. right like you go out and I would say hey like send me an outfit pic yeah and that was kind of the small things that went a long way because obviously you can't be you can't touch the other person you can't do the other things but those small aspects of being involved in your you know kind of the the building of who you are, like going out and stuff like that. It went a long way for me in terms of that spark. Yeah, I think too, we valued intimacy more than just like having like sexual relations. Like a lot of it was still being there for each other when like things were really hard and like trying to navigate that is not easy. Obviously things work for different people. Like I I have friends who have done the whole like sexting thing and that has really worked for them um but I think for us like we were counting down the days of like being together so that really helped like we always had plans of like when we would see each other next to make it easier um and I think when you can like hold on to like okay in like 40 days I'll be able to like hold their hand or kiss them or whatever it may be it makes that a lot easier 
Yeah, I remember. I mean, probably a lot of people that have either long distance or a time frame for something, they find an app on their phone and they say countdown to. Yeah. And I, I remember I went off of your the date that you moved and I was like, okay, a year from now, she'll be home permanent. Yeah. And, you know, I'd have some other things where I was coming to see you for your birthday for, I think I was out there for Valentine's Day or Our something anniversary. like that. Our anniversary. Our old anniversary, yeah. And, you know, those kind of time frames make it a lot more manageable as opposed to saying 365 days from now, Naomi will be home. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, so I just want to pivot a little bit and kind of get us back on track to like the um, time frames of our relationship because we have a lot of questions depending on the different phases that we were in. Um, and I want to start off with dating. We have a lot of romantics on the Letter Cook listeners. A lot of people kind of reiterated this question as to like, when did you guys know each other uh, was the one you wanted to marry? And yeah, I think we should start with that. Do you want to go first? You go first. Um, I, I didn't have like a, this is like the moment that I know I am going to marry this person, but I did know that if we were to break up, it would be the hardest breakup that I would be like, I would have, I, I just know myself, I would have such a hard time getting over. Um, and I like feared that constantly. Whereas in like past relationships, I kind of was like, meh whatever you know like this sucks but I'll be okay whereas with you I was like I don't know how I'm gonna do life like my life without this person that's like partially the reason why we managed to get through living on different continents for a whole year no different countries not continents oh yeah countries (laughs) (laughs) I think for me I I always knew I think subconsciously that from the first time that I met you, which is interesting because we we both play lacrosse, and for the entire time that I went to St. Vincent, I didn't know you until the day that I met you. Yeah, and we had very similar friend groups, like super similar, but we just never ran into each other. So from that perspective, it blew my mind that I never met you, but from the day that I met you, there was always a thing in the back of my head that was pushing me towards you Mm. i went to mexico i wanted to talk to you i went to i came back from mexico i wanted to see you Mm -hmm. i wanted to see you more and more and more and more and more and from a definable day or time or event that i knew that you were the person that i was going to marry at some point in our relationship there's a song by chris stapleton and I was listening to it and I just, you know, I kind of teared up thinking about marrying you and taking these next stages of life next to you Mm -hmm. was, you know, kind of that moment where you could say, hey, this is where I knew. Mm -hmm. But leading up to that, I think I always knew. I just never came to a, you know, a head. Yeah. But you, I mean, we've talked about this before that you... Like, I was your first, like, real solid long-term relationship, too. So, I think it was a little bit difficult to navigate, like, the commitment aspect from your end. Because I knew my... I had, like, I had gotten out of, like, a really terrible relationship. And I remember 
having expectations in my mind and and being like in my next this is what I want and I was I'm always like a date to marry kind of gal I was never a date to just date um but I know for you it was I don't know like how you approached it but how did you like overcome your own like fears of commitment and things like that overcoming my fear of commitment I th- I think it was ongoing mm-hmm. there was never a very intentional thing that I said okay I need to do this to overcome my fear I also probably didn't acknowledge that I had a fear of commitment until we talked about it more and more of you know we kind of had rough patches where I didn't think we were going to last and you pushed me towards saying not saying but staying together well I think what was hard it was like I was very communicative and being like this bothers me I don't like that and you would take it as oh she's gonna break up with me today because I did this yeah and what's tough about either timing or distance whatever it is there was points where we had these conversations or these rough patches where it was over FaceTime Mm -hmm. or over text or over the phone, which is a lot different than sitting down than sitting and me seeing you right now and seeing your face, seeing your expressions. It's a lot different than just seeing a blue message on a phone. Right. (laughs) Sorry. I got Mr. Belchy over here from this white cloth, but um, yeah, I think that's a, I think this leads us to another question was, did you guys ever have a breakup or take a break during (laughs) your relationship? (laughs) We never officially took a break. Yeah. Or broke up officially. We definitely had points where I was, it it was me. (laughs) It was always me. And I'll admit to that. Yeah. Uh, It was always me that was the person either scared or hesitant about continuing the relationship. A lot of it came from the distance, I think, which was tough for me because from our conversations, you realize that I suck at texting. And some of the messages that I send came off wrong and they would start kind of a conversation or slash fight that went kind of down a path and it brought up stuff. Mm -hmm. We moved through it. Yeah, I also think, too, I, like, my free time, I opened up very quickly for you. But I felt like you were still in this phase where you wanted to do a bunch of other stuff with your friends or whoever, whomever. And I was like, okay, well, I just, we had made these plans. You're changing them last minute. And I would get so pissed off because I felt like I was just, like, the back burner at the time, like, in, in these spots in our relationship. And I, I wasn't afraid to bring them up. But your immediate reaction was like, okay, well, then, like, let's just stop. Right. Which, Which, like, rude. It is rude. (laughs) And it's definitely not the right way because I think I was so used to. Just getting things your way. The on or off. Mm -hmm. Not the we'll work through this. Mm -hmm. And to your point that this was my first long-term committed relationship that I've ever had. Yeah. It was all new to me. Yeah. Which for anyone that is going through that, this is your first real time long term. You've had relationships in the past, but ours was much longer. Yeah. 
I mean, I was the type of person that didn't like to date in high school. Yeah. Because I didn't think. Realistically, everyone goes to different schools, and there's one in 100 people that go to the same school that date through high school, that are high school sweethearts. Sweethearts. Yeah. And it all works out, and it's merry and cheery. But for me, at that point, I didn't see, hey. I'm going to go to the same school as this person. Mm-hmm. It's going to work out. We're going to be happy. We're going to get married in a white church and we're going to drive off in a limo. Yeah. But, like at that point, you're like, no, not going to happen. But to your point or to the question, yes, we did have times. And maybe the distance, you know, kind of ex- expanded the depth of the arguments were kind of the the spats that we had i don't know if it was like it i think it just pointed out insecurities that we never really talked about prior and it like it forced us to sit down and be like hey like what the heck are we doing here i i would say that our distance in our relationship sped up the maturity of our relationship yeah i would agree to that um because i think we had to have a lot of like real conversations a lot earlier than i think we thought we were going to have them um i think too like the people around us we we went to a catholic school so i was seeing like so many of these people date get married date get married and i i didn't realize like outside of our little bubble that obviously like we don't have to get engaged super fast but um it was like hard not to compare which you remind me of every time (laughs) five and a half years or five years yeah but whatever we made it um back in this dating category someone said this this is a good question what are slash were your top three negotiables um and how did each of you navigate did anyone have to compromise or was it a natural fit overall oh baby did we compromise (laughs) what do you mean negotiables um like three three things that like would have i think our values to our core were the same like we both thought faith was important. Family. I, family. Um, and obviously I wanted like a more traditional, right? Like I wanted to get married. I wanted to have children. Um, I wanted to be able to like talk openly about my faith, have someone to go to church with me, things like that. And that was, we were very similar about. But I think the other non-negotiables that I had were like I needed a really open and honest communication um but between me and my partner I come from like a divorced divorced parent so it was super important to me that I was able to talk to my partner like freely and openly without it being just like okay I'm gonna leave then or handling like understanding that if we have a problem it's like not me going at you but that we're handling it together and I think that was very new for you I think the other non-negotiable that we either subconsciously had or never spoke about Mm -hmm. was very independent in a way that we didn't have to be tied at the hip no matter where we went. Agreed. And I think that has become very clear with a lot of people that we've been out with, Mm -hmm. either going out to bars or to dinner or to social events at the end of the day, I always choose you. Yeah. At the beginning of the day, I always choose you. But when we're at 
a dinner or a bar or whatever it is, I don't have to be over top of you. I don't have to be grabbing all up on you. And a perfect example, right, wrong, or indifferent, <laughs> is our wedding yeah. when you were like talking to all these people. You're like, where is Michael? <laughs> and I'm off, right? I, I, I agree that we had time where we were together as a front at our wedding talking to people and all these things. Yeah. But we're very good in the aspect that I don't have to be directly next to you to be living and breathing and existing. Yeah, I think, too, that comes from us doing long distance and, like, growing into who we are as people individually before we decided to commit to each other. Like, granted, I love to be around you, but I also don't need you to hold my hand the entire time we're out. I actually despise that. So. Yes, you do. <laughs> um, what are your top three negotiables? Do you have any other ones that you think are important? Oh, Kai's really moving around. Sorry, guys. You can hear our dog. I think one of the other negotiables that I looked for from you was that you were you were on your own path that ran parallel to me, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. It was never a I am who I am because of this other person. Yeah. And I have interests I have friends, I have things that I like to do that are outside of this other person, right? Yeah. I think what is so great about a relationship is the ability to step away and say, hey, I'm going to go, for me, I'm going to go hunting. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go do this. It makes me happy. It brings me joy. It fills up my cup. And you say, hey, I love that for you. I'm not doing it, yeah. right? Would I love for you to come hunting? Sure. <laughs> Will you talk a lot during it? Maybe. <laughs> but you're able to understand, hey, this fills up his cup. I'm going to let him do it. I am independent from that. But you also have those things too. Yeah, I think we're very supportive of each other's hobbies. But I also think that there are different points like in our relationship where we've had to compromise like what we've enjoyed doing individually to make our relationship work more um like granted now if you would go on a hunting weekend you would likely be like hey is it okay if I go not because you need permission or that I would be like now but because like we're married now we have other responsibilities other than you just going and hunting and doing whatever the fuck you want to do on a weekend um yeah which is pretty crazy but um, I don't know. I feel like it's hard, but I, I think you're going to have to compromise regardless in a relationship, whether it be over something small or something big. I think my biggest tip is um, you have to go into it with like a very servant mindset and that you're going to love the person the way that they need to be loved and not the way that you want to love them. Um, whether, you know, it's going to look different for each couple, but my needs, Michael's needs are going to be very different than like someone else's. Um, but it's a good question. Um, all right, let's do a fun one to lighten things up a little bit. I feel like we've been talking about all of our problems. <laughs> um, if you would have proposed to Michael, Naomi, how would you have done it? I'm ready for it. <laughs> I mean, because obviously hindsight is twenty twenty, and you can look back at our proposal. And you say, 
I wish you would have gave me a three paragraph indented. Okay, but speech. to be fair to everyone else, you are literally in any other circumstance where we're together, you are the most emotional person. Like between the two of us, Michael is the crier. He's the one who cries. He's the one who loves like the PDA. He loves to like have these like big announcements, these big like romantic gestures. So I'm thinking our proposal is going to be, my proposal is going to be like, I thought you were just going to pour your heart out to me. Yeah. But <laughs> now you see that there's a million other things going on in the background. And two, yeah, I'm trying to today. hold it together <laughs> and even just spit out the words to say, will you marry me? Yeah. Let alone a whole paragraph. I can't even remember your phone number, let alone a paragraph to say how much I love you. Yeah, whatever. Is that true that I should have? Maybe I should have wrote it down. <laughs> but hey, here we are. That's okay. Maybe I'll repropose to you. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Maybe I used to ask Michael to ask me to be his girlfriend again after he would piss me off. <laughs> Back in the day, um, I don't know if I were to propose to you. I feel like I would have to do it with like activities that you enjoy like maybe i would take you fishing or something i would love to see you set up a fishing (laughs) trip i would take you to the local fishing pond with our matching fishing poles that you bought us a picnic basket and i would i'd be like hey will you marry me (laughs) would you get on a knee though would i be standing (laughs) I don't know. What I, happens I if like I catch sitting. a fish in the middle of this? No, I feel like we're sitting and eating our picnic meal. Yeah, but you're not. So let's talk through the logistics here. There are no logistics. This is a fake conversation, Michael. And you eat all the time. And in, the hypothetical, to be sitting. in the hypothetical, hypothetical, if we're fishing, right, my hands are probably gross from putting worms on a hook. All right. But how many times have we gone on a picnic and gone fishing? Multiple are you going to give me a ring with a diamond? No, I just give you like your wedding band, what you have now. Well, what if I, in this scenario, wanted a diamond cut hidden halo? You didn't even know what a hidden halo was until like two months ago. I don't even know if a <laughs> diamond cut is a. It's not. It's not. Okay, princess cut. There we go. Whatever. Anyways, um, that's probably how I would propose. Um, speaking of engagements, um. All right. Did we live together before we got engaged? For. I'm so sorry, guys. My stomach's growing. No, this was one of my non-negotiables. I told you I wouldn't live with oh, you until we Oh, that's right. We were because engaged. I moved into the Highland Avenue or the St. Marie St. Marie Street apartment in May-ish. You're like putting out our address for everyone. Well, you guys talked about it. <laughs> No, the, yeah, we, the one with Anna. Um, I mean, we had plans to move in together, but I didn't live in the apartment until after we were engaged. That was important home. to me. Yeah, I didn't want. I was well. Side quest on this story. It's hilarious because Catherine. Next episode, she can bring it up. Yeah, or she, you know, can talk about it at some point. She sent you a text. And this cracks me up because if I was still living alone, this is how I would be living. She sent you a text and she said, hey, Naomi, you should check in on Michael because this is what his fridge looks like. There was like three bush lights or something in there. Like there was a rack full of condiments. There was a lot of condiments. There was rice. There was ground turkey, probably a gallon of water. 
and some odd and ends that were in the gr- in the fridge and she was concerned for my health because she said this is such a boy fridge i don't know that he's safe well i offered to move you in and you said you didn't want to do it so that is not my problem and i didn't feel bad move me in yeah when we first moved you into the apartment it was like majority of my furniture from my old apartment in pittsburgh and you're like, I don't really want to do this today. I will take care of it later. That's unrelated to the fridge, though. It is 100% related. If we would have moved in together, I would have packed. This was like fridge. three months after. And still would have got you ready, but you said no thanks. So whatever. It's like three months after we moved or I moved in. Yeah, whatever. Um, How did we keep our relationship intimate without sexy time? So this is funny. You guys asked us like so many questions about if we had sex before marriage did we have sex when we were dating um were we intimate when we before we were married and i'm gonna be honest like we were and it was one of our biggest regrets that after we got engaged we actually completely stopped and that is something i'm really proud of us because we were living in close proximity I mean, obviously living with each other, and we held out the entire engagement before we got married because it was important to us. I was really proud of that. Yeah, so for those of you who are wondering, yes, we did, and it was unfortunate, and obviously, like, this is a decision that was important to the both of us, and I think so worth it on our wedding day, Um, but I had, like, literally eight people ask, did you have sex before? (laughs) Does this mean you waited until marriage? So, yes and no. I'm going to be honest. Um, Maybe. No, we didn't. But, yes, we tried really, really hard and succeeded before. Um, Which is pretty crazy. So, when we got... um, And people might actually might want to know, like, why we did that. Which we had... um, We had a priest who, the priest who married us was like a really big mentor for Michael and someone that I looked up to in school. Um, He was a a monk on campus and just like a, he's an awesome guy. We still talk to him a lot. It was actually like one of his asks during our, our counseling sessions, like, if you guys are doing this, like, please stop. Um, And we took that wholeheartedly and decided not to do it. And, um... Yeah, I think it was totally worth it. So let's get into some marriage questions because there's a bunch here. Um, I'm ready for it. Yeah. Okay, so I think this one is a is a good one. What is the biggest difference from being married to just dating? The biggest difference for me is, and it's probably been on TV shows and people have mentioned it to other people, and life lessons and all that stuff it's it's no longer hey is gruss coming Mm -hmm. hey is naomi and michael coming yeah it's a very different aspect because it's it's not just me that i'm living for Mm -hmm. i'm living for myself and for you and for this bond that we have between us that is the biggest difference that I see because every decision has to be made in light of me and you. Yeah. You and me. Right. It's like 
what are we doing for for the holidays? Like even as a as a very relevant example, like what are we doing for the weekend? Yeah. Or for our holiday plans. It goes a lot further than just oh, I'll pop over there. But yeah. it's okay. Well, Naomi isn't feeling well or I'm not feeling well or Michael has this. It goes a lot deeper than just yeah, I'll swing by and I'll get out of there whenever I want or I'll stay there or I'll get drunk or or yeah. whatever it is, right? There's there's a lot more that goes into it than just hey, I'm here and I'm ready to do whatever. Yeah, I think too you step into different roles once you're married like um I don't know, kind of going off of what Michael said, like your decisions are not necessarily just your own now, like to be completely honest, like we all know couples where you hate the other person and it makes you not want to spend time with the person that you enjoy like my actions obviously reflect on michael as well now and same does like his actions reflect on me so i feel like that's probably the biggest thing is because when you're dating you can kind of like look past that but when it's someone's husband or wife you're like well you know like this is who they chose to be with for the rest of their lives like you hope so i would say that is the biggest you know difference between the two is that you are truly in like a partnership where you kind of um are like relying and like teetering back and forth whether it's like an 80 20 day or a 50 50 day whatever it is it's like you're really trying to move with your with your partner to like get through life um but i I feel like that's probably the biggest difference with us um do we have any rules for our marriage rules I mean, I don't think we've ever sat down and been like, these are what we can and can't do. One is one is that mass is non-negotiable. Yeah. Or okay. s- slash Sundays are meant for us. Yeah. That's probably our biggest thing is that we have one day of the week where we try to not really be super communicative on our phones or just really on our phones where we like spend time even if it's just like watching the Steelers game with the two of us um because the both of the two of us because we have so many hobbies I feel like during the week are pretty busy and we have to find that time to be together um I think the other thing is like we have an open phone policy but that has kind of been like that for our entire relationship I've never really been like no don't look at that or vice versa that's something that we've never spoken about yeah but the you know the question hey can i borrow your phone to do x y and z yeah sure well i wouldn't but, even say to do x y and z it's just like can i can i see your phone yeah and i think on my last phone and i don't think we've set it up on this one but your face was on the last phone mm-hmm. that i had and you know my password yeah and i know your password but it's never a wait, I can't give it to you. Let me do this. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. It's, I'm not hiding anything from you. Right. And going back to the last question is what's different in marriage. That is, you have to be completely open. Yeah, that's true. Like it, being in a, in a relationship where you're dating, you kind of have walls that you put up, whether you like it or not. But when you're married, you have to be completely open because you live with that person, you eat with that person, you breathe, you do everything with that person. Mm-hmm. And if you have walls, 
which I think I did when we dated, it definitely hinders the relationship because there are things that happen afterwards, right? There's fights, there's disagreements, there's, you know, rough patches that happen because of those walls. And you just have to open up and say, this is me. These are the things that I struggle with. And I want you to know about it so that we can work on it together as opposed to saying, this is my wall and I'm not budging on it. Sorry about that. Um, The fan kicked on in the background. I just didn't want you guys to have to hear the hiss of the background. So anyways, let's pick back up. Um, What do we got? Let's see. This is a good question. How do you guys make sure you're prioritizing each other? How do you ensure you don't just feel like roommates? You go first. (laughs) I actually find this to be a very difficult question because um, do you guys ever see those memes where it's like opposites are doing something and they marry each other? Michael on the weekend is like, okay, we have a list of a thousand things to do. We need to do them. And I am a no, I'm going to fucking sit down and relax because I need to relax. Um, So I think the biggest thing we've had to learn is joining each other in interests that the other person likes. Like I love to sit down and like watch a series that like, I love that time together. Um, whereas Michael like likes to go out for like date night, for example. How do we stay as, how do you make sure you're prioritizing each other? How do you ensure you don't feel like roommates? I think this is an interesting question because we have been roommates, right? Right before we were married, we were mm-hmm. living together. But as a married couple, we bought the house. We had it for two months before the wedding, a month and a half, mm-hmm. two months before the wedding. And the way that I see us as prioritizing each other is the small things that go a lot further than the huge grand grand gestures, right? Like when I wake up early, I'll go work out in the basement and I'll come upstairs and say, hey, what do you want? Mm -hmm. What would you like to eat? As opposed to me making breakfast or making a coffee and then you come downstairs and go, oh, well, you ate and you had a coffee already without me, right? We'd like to have meals together. Th- that's another thing too, yeah. right? It's prioritizing that person to involve you in the activities, right? Am I going to wake you up at 6.30 to go work out in the basement? No. Yeah. But am I going to ask you like, hey, do you want anything to eat? I'm going to make you know avocado toast or pancakes or whatever. Do you want a coffee? You say, no, shut up. I'm going to go back to sleep. I say, okay, cool. <laughs> but- those small, you know, behaviors go a long way to make it more so than just, oh, Naomi's up in her room. She not your room separate, but <laughs> if we were quote unquote roommates, you wouldn't do that. You wouldn't I wouldn't go and wake my roommate up and say, Hey, do you want pancakes? Yeah, you guys, Michael's selfish. No, I'm kidding. Um I would say we always have dinner together. Uh, Like, unless Michael's gone for a work trip or something, we always have dinner. So that's, like, our one time where we can really sit and chat about our day, like, what's going on with work and stuff. Um, Or even without work, I don't really enjoy to talk about work. Um, So I I think for the two of us, we just try to focus on, like, really good things that happen. 
um but like i coach michael he has like some side hustles and stuff so we might not always have dinner at like 6 p.m every night but we do always have dinner together unless like one of us is out of town so i think similar to kind of the facetime role what we said with um long distance you have to pick like what's important to your foundation and just be consistent with that one thing i think where people fall into this like roommate thing is when they stop like trying for their partner or stop caring about what that person needs to feel loved like for me it makes me so happy when michael decides to do the laundry like it's just like a huge thing off my back whereas i know michael doesn't necessarily love to do dishes so i will do the dishes it's like very small things like that but i think they add up to the like bigger gestures and at the end of the day like makes the other person feel loved and then obviously like intimacy like making time for that and um you know like we you, we always kiss each other goodbye. We always say I love you. The other thing, too, that I would say is we have times where you're going downstairs to, you know, do whatever. Mm-hmm. It's never just we pass each other. It's always a, hey, what are, you, what are you doing? Can I help? Yeah. Whether I'm annoying or not and being up all up in your face can i hey i'm i'm a german shepherd yeah that's who i am as a person can i come can (laughs) i be a part of it yeah and it's never just a oh i'm gonna go do this by myself and i don't involve myself that that small piece of just saying hey what are you working on yeah what are you doing can i help can i come can i come can i sit next to you yeah it goes a lot further than just being a Oh, well, Naomi's on the other side of the couch doing X, Y, Z. I'm going to be here doing my own thing. Yeah, I think we're because we are really supportive and independent in our hobbies. When we're home, we like to be close to each other and like enjoy that that closeness. Um, I hope that helps. Another person asked what our next steps are as a married couple and do we have any specific goals? Well, I would say there's a business endeavor yeah, that that's I think true. is very important to us for a short-term slash medium-term goal that is ultimately building into a larger goal. Yeah. That is a, you know, kind of the plans outside of our you know, family. Life. Yeah. That is very important to us. But building a family around the life that we've kind of set up for ourselves is the nearest term goal for us yeah um so kind of speaking on the family part someone asked are you trying to get pregnant now do you have any plans on the family front um i would say we're pretty pretty open to having children um i want a big family michael wants a large family as well but yeah we're all gonna be named michael jr (laughs) Yeah, so we would love to have... Um, Even if they're a girl. Oh, my God. Guys, help. Um, a lot of people wanted to know if we were getting Kaya, a furry sibling, soon. She's a handful. <laughs> um, we can't fit two crates in our living room. <laughs> I think once we get a larger house, we probably would be opening open to having a second dog. But we just, we love our Kai Kai bear. She's perfect the way she is. So it's It's also tough because 
she is one of a kind. I don't know that when we've talked about this too, I don't know that we can get another German Shepherd. Yeah, like once Kai goes to doggy heaven, it'll be really hard for me to like live up to the Kai expectation because in my eyes, she's perfect. Like she has anxiety and she's reactive, but she's also like so gentle with me when I like I'm not feeling good. She's so like emotionally intact. She's so fucking smart, like almost too smart. And she's the perfect size. A lot of German Shepherds are really big. And I don't know if it's because she was the runt or if it's because I lived in apartments and I like, you know Stunted how like, her like, <laughs> like, like gold, goldfish theory. Yeah, <laughs> like goldfish, like they only grow to how big their houses are. But, so she's, she's only 60 pounds. She's a tiny gal, but she packs a mean bark and she's a big baby, but I love her so much. And we also just had a wedding, so we're poor. <laughs> full transparency i don't think That's we could afford true. it and right she now she eats raw food so you gotta double up the raw food <laughs> yeah. we're yeah. also a little bit snobby when it comes to our expectations with what we will and will not do with our dog so we won't get a small dog we won't get a small dog we'll definitely get another big dog i think we will always have dogs in our family yeah but because me and matt grew up and we didn't have dogs and me either now both of us have dogs and we're addicted to them. Yeah. So I, I don't know, but I agree. I don't know. I don't know. I would love to give Kai a sibling, but I just don't know when that will be happening. We'll just give her a, a human sibling. Yeah. Um. How many kids do each of you want? I, I want, want an army. I want, <laughs> I want enough to where I don't have to buy a, a van. But enough where it's kind of a mission to get us going. So I think that that limit is at four. Because if there's two of us and we have four, that makes six. And if we buy like a Suburban Mm -hmm. without a middle, uh, you know, seat and it's got the captain chairs, that gets us to six comfortably. You know, you get some space, have a dog in there, too. It also depends on are they boys or girls, because Michael is a large human. All and, boys. And they need to be able to fit. Um, I don't know. I I grew up as an only child, so I was super jealous of people who had, like, 18 brothers and sisters. I don't think I personally would like to birth 18 children, but I would be, like, thrilled to have, like, a family of seven. And have like a little army of grasses running around. Because I want my holidays to be like packed with people. I think that's so fun. But I don't know. Whatever whatever my little five foot three uterus body can hold, I will accept. We'll see what happens. Yeah. But I also am a big believer that like I want to have, I want to be able to give enough attention to each kid as they deserve. I don't want like my kids raising other, the younger, younger kids, kids yeah. yeah that's really important to me um so those are all the questions about kids <laughs> i just think it's funny i'm like rereading these questions and a lot of you guys are asking about like sex and children um but we have a few is that the vibe we give what kids or are we <laughs> is it just because we're newly married I don't know. I was always like the mom of the group, I would say. So maybe. I've always been super vocal that I wanted a thousand children too, though. So. Sorry, I'm poor. I cannot afford a thousand <laughs> children. Um, okay. You're being dramatic. 900 maybe. <laughs> Anyways. All right. Let's, let's end on some 
really too can you shut your stupid phone notifications off i'm sorry if you guys have heard his beeping it drives me crazy um all right let's end on some happy questions what is one thing you love about each other you go first no i've you just made me go first on the last like 15 questions you're going all right so is it just one thing because i'll take up another hour listing all the others (laughs) okay no it says one thing the thing that i one thing that i love about you is how giving you are and it's not so much with you know hey i got you this gift or hey i got you you know i made you this blah 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 but it's time and emotion and attention that you give to people and across St. Vincent and Latrobe and lacrosse and Canada there's so many people in your life that are from different realms that you're able to devote that attention towards in a solely focused manner it's not a, hey, I'm listening to you, but I'm also doing five other things at this time. It's Sarah Kim calls you or somebody calls you, texts you, do does whatever. You're all there. You're 100% focused and ready to listen and be a part of what they need. And including me, right? If I ask you something or I need validation or whatever it is, you're here. You're 100% present and a part of the conversation as opposed to being one foot in one foot out and you do that from a place of love and Mm -hmm. that's why and that's the one thing that i think is you know makes you who you are and so many people know that about you oh so nice did you hear that guys (laughs) i'm just kidding um one thing i love about miguel is so I would say I've always kind of been that person where I like to give attention to a lot of people, but a lot of the time I did it to the detriment of myself and my confidence like exponentially grew when I started dating Michael because of being around him. Like he doesn't mean to do it, but when he walks into a room, like obviously he's very tall so it's easy to you know just kind of focus on him but even at work or if he's presenting or whatever he's doing he is who he is and that's just it that's just who he is he's not going to go in and try to sponge like the vibes of what other people are feeling and try to become who that group is like he's always just who he is and I've always loved that that he's like you're you're who you are as an individual like no matter who you're around so it makes people like me who kind of just want to like please everyone realize that it's not really necessary because you have so many loving and successful relationships in your life and people just accept you for who you are so when we first started dating it was like such a confidence boost to myself because I knew like I was seeing someone just be themselves and be loved for that without hesitation Um, and it really really forced me to be like oh I can do that too and I think you just make people better when they're around you so that's what I would say um do you agree Uh, I love that (laughs) I would also agree because as you're bringing that up there's a story in my head that cracks me up and I think it was my junior year where I bought this 
what can only be described <laughs> as a pimp coat at the thrift store. And I wear it all like, the time. Think like Macklemore thrift store music video fur coat jacket. Yeah. But it's blue and green and purple and, and there's black, like moons yeah. on there. And I wore it. Not just as a gag. Like, hey, Halloween. Haha. I would wear it. Would wear it to class. Teachers I can't would believe you gave it up. Teachers would be like <laughs> Excuse me, do you belong here? I say yes. <laughs> I belong here. But meanwhile, guys, he would wear it with like his St. Vincent lacrosse sweatshirt get up and this jacket on top. It worked. <laughs> and to your point, I was unapologetic about it and that's who I was. Yeah. Um Okay, so I will end with this question because I think it's a good one for us because it's definitely a learning one for the both of us. Was what are each of your love languages and how do you maintain them for each other? The love language that I receive or give like how you want to be loved and how you think you should love other people let's do both because i think that's important how i want to be loved is physical touch Mm -hmm. always i let i'll we sit on the couch if i my big toe touches you fine that's all i need (laughs) if we're outside or we're at the park or whatever we're dinner hold hold your hand Mm -hmm. doesn't matter but the slightest touch is it goes the furthest for me. Mm-hmm. What was the next one? How I think I should love? Like how you want to love other people. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that's my love language. My perception yeah. is acts of service. That's how I show love. But your love language that you receive No, is... I wouldn't say acts of service. Yours would be gift giving. Slash acts of service. Yeah. So, I mean, I think they kind of group together. But acts of service, gift giving, I agree. But how you like to be loved is time together. Yeah, I'm a big quality time gal. That's my love language. Um, and to be completely fair, that's how I, that's also how I love is quality time. Um, it was a big adjustment because physical touch is like not the biggest thing for me not that I don't love to be like hugged and kissed or whatever but like I'm not kidding we're sitting on the couch Michael is touching me in some way whether it's like his hand on my underneath my back or like where our pinkies are touching it could be like the smallest thing but he needs that so I've just allowed it to happen that's what I need yeah um and I think Michael has come to realize like how I like like I love quality time in we started watching Grey's Anatomy I'm hooked and I love that he's like asking questions during it and he's actually interested I love when people are interested in similar topics to like what I like or if they're passionate about the same things I'm passionate about like every time I leave um to record the podcast Michael always has a thousand questions after like so, like, what do you guys do? What do you guys talk about? He's the first person to listen to the podcast when it comes out. So, that's super important to me. Um, but I will say, like, it was interesting because I also like to gift give. I don't like to receive gifts, but I like to give gifts. And I would say in the beginning, we had to learn how each other wanted to be loved and not how we wanted to love the other person. That was an adjustment. Mm-hmm. but we've gotten there yeah we have i mean we're here now almost five months married um 
anything else you want to tell the little chefs? Uh, I don't know. I think this has been a great experience being on. Mm-hmm. It's a lot less scary than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Did I drink a White Claw? Sure. Did it help? Sure. Mm-hmm. But doing it with you makes it a lot easier than Just I think. Just like chatting. Yeah. Yeah. Just two microphones. The person I choose to be with. Yeah. Um, I'm so glad you guys got to listen. I hope you don't think this is a total bore. Um, but this is definitely who we are as a couple. Um, and thank you to everyone who asked questions. Even if you nosy people just wanted to know if we had sex before we got married. Um, you creeps. I, yeah. I loved it, though. I thought it was great. So thank you so much for tuning in. And we'll see you next week. Like, subscribe, post it to your channels. Do everything. <laughs> Let her cook, baby. Yeah, obviously let her cook the pod on Insta, YouTube, TikTok. Go follow, like, and subscribe. Okay, love you guys. Bye. Bye.